This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Finsider Radio, The Jake and Josh Show, is SB Nation's official podcast about your Miami Dolphins. Check out Finsider.com for more Miami Dolphins content and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with us on Twitter. Jake can be found at jmendel94. Josh can be found at H-O-U-T-Z or just house. The show is made possible by Dolphins everywhere, so be sure to rate and comment, share your thoughts, and let us know how we are doing. Now, let's get on with the show. You are our only hope, Obi-Wan Jacoby. Welcome into Finsider Radio. Josh, you blew up the internet a little bit today. Well, a couple things blew up the internet. Jacoby Brissett got hit in uh, hit below the belt. Jalen Phillips doesn't know what a cover three defense is. And most importantly, Josh, you came up with the punt of not only the day, the week, possibly the year. Obi-Wan Jacoby, you went from not knowing what a ponytail was to knowing who Obi-Wan Kenobi was. Man, you, uh, you're growing up fast in these streets. Yeah, I'm the old man here. I'm growing up super fast. But Jake, I told you, like, I enjoyed the movies. I just was not, you know, very familiar with some of these characters. But I was on the way to a doctor appointment. I just, you know, it just clicked to me, man. Help us, Obi-Wan Jacoby. You're our only hope. So I said that to my wife. I wish we could have ran home. And I could have quick Photoshop that. But Jake, this is a jam-packed episode. I don't know how you're doing today, man. But I mean, I don't know if there could have been any bigger news than what we heard earlier today when the Miami Dolphins announced, you know, Tua Tungvaloa would not be playing this weekend. So, Josh, it started with Tua was originally ruled to have bruised ribs, and he was day-to-day. And all of a sudden, we're at the part where he has fractured ribs, and obviously Brian Flores, he's not talking IR, but going from week to week to reporters asking about month to month, I mean, talk about a zero to 100, man. Like, like this is the second week of the season, and everything just seems so volatile each and every day. Yeah, I mean, I had this whole thing, man, like the last podcast we did was kind of somber and kind of sad. But I mean, let's be honest, this one's probably going to be even worse. We found out, you know, like you said, we we were <laughs> we'll all kind of about it, though. Yeah, we will. We were all optimistic, you know, OK, Bruce Ribs, maybe he'll even play this week. But 
as soon as the Dolphins had to announce an injury report, you know, now it's come out as fractured ribs. There, it doesn't sound like they're going to throw him on IR, but it does sound like this could be two, maybe three weeks. And when you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I think it's week five, right? I mean, you're not going to bring Tua back, go head to head against the, the defending Super Bowl champs off that injury on the road. So we'll see how it plays out, Jake. But uh, Brian Flores met with me today and he said Tua is in a lot of pain. We got some initial diagnosis and decided to run some more tests and ran them and got some information. It's unfortunate, but not something we think. I don't want to put a timetable on it. He's just better, but still dealing with some pain. So, uh, you know, Brian Flores sounds down about it. Sounds like Tua wanted to go. He, he even said himself, you know, at an earlier press conference, Tua wanted to get back into that game, but he won't go this week. So uh, what are your thoughts on that, Jake? Because not having your starting quarterback against that hungry, hungry Las Vegas Raiders defense. And let's be honest, we're both going to say Oakland 10 times in this podcast. Um, yep. You know, that's yep. not the, <laughs> that is not a recipe for success after what we saw last week with that O-line. Yeah, Josh, and it starts with Tua saying he's going to play. I mean, we can sit here and cheerlead as much as we want, but I think any situation, I don't think there's going to be a single quarterback that uh, coaches are going to say, yeah, he doesn't want to play. We're going to sit him out. Uh, additionally, Josh, I have to wonder if the Dolphins are going to bring him back sooner than we think. And I think so far this season, whether it's Liam Eichenberg starting at left tackle or how the team was going to use Will Fuller for that tall fall part to just the offensive line in general, I don't know if I've been giving the Dolphins too much credit here, but I think that, you know, if Tua's going to miss three weeks, you put him on IR, right? You you activate someone else and you kind of just go on with the season. So so this to me makes it sound like he's going to be back or at least try to be back in a week or two. And Josh, I, I want to talk about this for a minute because I think this is one of the most interesting conversations to have about a second year quarterback. And that you brought up the point about Tampa Bay, right? You don't want to bring them back against that defense. And I hundred percent understand where you're coming from. However, I just don't see a scenario where a team has a franchise quarterback or believes they have a franchise quarterback and are deciding that there's only 17 games in a season. We can't risk bringing them in. If, if there's like, if it's strictly down to pain and that's kind of what everyone said to this point, I don't think we should really be saying, well, we can't bring him in against this guy or this guy, because we just saw what the bills did. We know what the Patriots can do. The jets defense isn't that bad. So I don't necessarily know if I can bubble wrap him at this point when every game is so important and you need your franchise quarterback to be that franchise quarterback. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, it goes back to, I think, what we were talking about on the last podcast. I think, you know, it was the same question we had. And I think I took the reserved situation, you know, took a little bit more reserved approach and said, you know, this is your franchise quarterback. You don't want him to go out there this week against Vegas. You don't want him to take those unnecessary hits and be out for the season. But you're right. You're getting two weeks now to heal. Coming back, you know, if that is the timetable, two, three weeks. I just don't know. I mean, with how good Tampa Bay looks, I mean. can't play. I, I don't think he should play. If, if he simply is like, cannot operate, but I'm saying if it's a thing down to like pain, like, like I'm not trying to say he should play through broken ribs or anything like that. I just want to, I wanted to clear that up. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, that's good because you know how it'll be people. Oh, you, Tua can't play through broken ribs. You can't even go to work. What are you Have talking you about? Do you play football? Have you what played you, football? <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Nerd? But I guess, I guess the approach I take it from is more of the team and just the way that Brian Flores and this staff has already handled the situation. I'm with you, man. Yep. You want him out there. If he can throw that football and you know, it's not too much, you want him out there to play. But I guess I'm looking at this from the Dolphins perspective and uh, you know, they, they play the Raiders and they play the Colts. I mean, um, we'll talk about later, but I mean, a lot of us, you know, saw this team going two and three, three and two throughout those first five games. So, you know, we're right on par with that, but I just don't know that you'd bring him out there again on the road after he's, you know, obviously would still be banged up. You'd assume against that juggernaut of a team, because right now it does look like Tampa Bay is just pulling away, but you're right, Jake, if, if he's ready to go, he should be out there because every game counts in the NFL. Mama house doesn't want her son 
playing football. More to come at 11. Josh, let, let's pull the fan base down for a second because this is something you wrote this. I had no idea this happened. And I think we walk a fine line. And me, as someone who works at a newspaper and tries to do an entertaining podcast, even though you're you're the funny one here, it's, it's challenging at times to walk that line of professionalism and, and having a little fun. You know what isn't hard to do? Don't DM players, right? We can say your joke. We can we can talk down about players. That's like part of their job. But the second people are DMing Jesse Davis, like he knows what happened on Sunday. You yelling at him over the internet doesn't do a thing. And now I'm yelling at you guys over the internet. So it's just a big circle that goes on and on. But Josh, reading something like that just makes me so upset because, you know, we can joke that there are some athletes who like search their names and that's a little too far. I mean, Kevin Durant, that whole thing where he's a little paranoid and will talk back. I'm cool with that if people are going to talk, but I mean, going so far to reach out to them, I, I think that's too far. And that's something I think specifically this fan base really should cool down on. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't remember who exactly said this. I just, I mean, I was kind of dumbfounded by it too, but then it made me think of all the times I probably said something ignorant. I remember once uh, before I had my but you're first. you're not like sliding in their DMs, are you? Or? No. Well, this was Uh-oh. the, this was, I didn't ever slid in anybody's DMs and yelled at them that way. But I do remember uh, Kenyon Drake had a critical drop and this was back before my first daughter was born. I think I tweeted like, I wouldn't even let Kenyon Drake hold my unborn daughter. And he liked it and he used that as fuel. So I'm sitting here laughing that's at that. A joke, because, though. That's fun. Yeah. Okay. So as long as we can both agree, that's funny. That's funny. But yeah, I, I agree, man. I'm Jesse Davis. It's like rocketing po- Jakeem Grant to the moon. That's yeah. funny. See, that, like, yeah. obviously it's a little it's mean, but mean. like it's, that's, okay. it's fun. It's- Josh, can, can you share this Jesse Davis quote with me? Yeah, but someone please let us know if we're going too far because I, I feel like that Jakeem Grant one's definitely kind of a, a dick move. But the quote here, and I, I even have it, kind of broke my heart to hear Jesse Davis say this because he said, I felt pretty bad. Anytime you see your quarterback go down and it's your fault, it's a bad deal. And, you know, like others have said, it's it's a complete unit. You know, everything has to fall in place. So you can't put all the blame on Jesse Davis, but you could tell his heart right. hurt for Tua. And um, hopefully again, Tua's back out there sooner than later. But I thought that Jesse Davis quote, and just the fact someone went that far to DM him, I think we had to bring light to that because, yeah, Again, stop being jerks, guys. These players know how well they do on Sunday or how bad they perform. Exactly, too. And when you're saying, like, rocket someone to the – that's like an exact – like, it's so obvious, like, that's just such a – exaggerated term where I, I don't really see that as an issue. But Josh, what we're doing today is, and how we're going to do this show every Wednesday, is we're going to kind of blend in some questions we've got from both the uh, the Finsider website, Finsider.com. Go check it out. You're going to see a bunch of stories from Houts and I. Uh, additionally, Twitter. I mean, Josh, you're, you're Dolphins Twitter king, so uh, we got some questions there. And <laughs> we have it written in bold here, Josh. So let's get into it. I do want to start with the quarterback and the offensive line and kind of build from there because I think the Monday show was a memorial service and now it's like, you know, the day after everyone's still in town, you're going out to get drinks and just kind of talk it all out, that that type of stuff. So Josh, uh, Steve Montoya, 84, why does it look like it's the same Dolphins from the past? And, and Josh, it's on the tee, hit it out of the park. I, I don't know what the answer you're looking for here. I mean, isn't it just self-explanatory? I mean, I don't know. Like, do you want me to tell you the offensive line's trash? We, You know, that there's no Dan Marino out there. I mean, I, I don't know what you want from me here, man. But let's be honest. This is just what we've come to expect from the Dolphins. I mean, I, we went on so many different podcasts and we talked about, you know, how promising this team was. And, and Jake, I got to tip my hat to you because there were times when you're like, yeah, but how is this any different than, you know, an Adam Gase and some of those other seasons where this fan base was super stoked? And, you know, I'd kind of take a step back and be like, damn, he's 
right. You know, we haven't seen a big win over Buffalo. We haven't seen a playoff appearance if we're being completely honest. So um, I, I hate that I don't have a better answer for you, but it's just a mixture of things. Just the fact that, you know, they still haven't figured out the offensive line. We're still wondering if the Dolphins will ever find a Dan Marino. And let's be honest, even when all those things looked so promising, you know, we had all these high end draft picks invested. We had the quarterback we wanted. Now, again, we're all sitting here feeling like you said, it's the same Dolphins of the past. So that's a roundabout way to say I'm hurting with you, Steve. I'm hurting with you. Yeah, and it, it's helpless more than anything because you see so many things happen, right, just for it to all go wrong. And stand in the shoes on the fence side said, how are quarterbacks not doing better with all the time they had to sit in the pocket and pick defenses apart? I mean, look at the picture associated with this article. It's Jacoby Brissett being absolutely mobbed by four defenders. That was probably at least six or second, seven seconds after the ball was snapped, right? Right? So stand in his shoes. I thought this was, you know, he's obviously joking here, but Josh, the game seemed to get out of hand so fast on Sunday, but all of a sudden you you look at its halftime and it's and it's 14 to nothing. And then you look even farther after the game and Miles Gaskin had five rushes and he averaged five yards a carry. So Josh, I want to ask you, when you see the fact that Jacoby Brissett threw the ball 40 times and only got 169 yards, I want to ask you, do we do you feel like maybe the Dolphins panicked and, and might have given up on the run a little too early just based on how those first couple drives went and then you know you see it 14 nothing at halftime and all of a sudden you're like oh oh this isn't this isn't as terrible as maybe it seemed at, at one point Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's definitely what they did. And I just love how, you know, you threw out there 40 attempts for what, 169 yards. They still did not score a touchdown. They went for all those fourth down conversions. I mean, yeah, man, that is exactly what's what's the issue here. I mean, even when you have the ground game working, like you mentioned, with a Miles Gaskin, I mean, we saw Malcolm Brown the week before, um, you know, having a little bit of success out of the Wildcat. Obviously, he couldn't convert a fourth and two. You know, we can talk about that till we're blue in the face. But they have those they have a decent trio of running backs that uh, they definitely get more involved. And I said, you know, maybe and they, they help the offensive line. You start they, running the ball. All of a sudden the linemen are moving forward because when you're pass blocking, yeah, you're back on your heels. Like you got to move forward to move forward. Right. If you're pass blocking, you ain't moving forward. You're not. And I think, you know, a lot of this is going to go back to the way the Dolphins approach this week. We can talk about a little bit more about how maybe the offense will change. But I mean, honestly, Jake, they do need to run the football more because that was the success they were having. Again, you're already down 14 nothing. They probably felt like their back was against the wall and they had no choice to throw that football. But like you said, late into that game, we were still feeling a little bit good about what the Dolphins did defensively. So uh, run the football, give Miles Gaskin them carries and and get that five yards per carry in some action. Because, again, that's going to open up the play action game and, and just make everyone around make that entire offense more comfortable. And that's what this team needs at Luke bolt. Uh, see Josh, the, the worst thing about us doing a mailbag is we're going to butcher as we saw hundred percent of the yeah. names and then nobody's going to listen to the show anymore. And it's going to be a disaster. This is literally us not shooting ourselves in the foot. We're chopping off legs here. Uh, but he said, what do you guys think? Jake brisket will have to get this dub Sunday. And do you think Reed MF in Sennett has a chance to ball out if brisket can't get it done? Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Luke, I hope you don't hate us now that I said your name wrong. Uh, But Josh, I think first and foremost, uh, righty versus lefty, right? Uh, All of a sudden, Austin Jackson's back to being a blindside left tackle uh, on the right side of the offensive line, how plays are kind of scripted. Josh, let's let's use this as an excuse. Jalen Waddell had two drops from Jacoby Brissett because he's used to catching balls from a left-hander. Boom. Problem solved, right? 
A hundred percent. That's exactly what I think they honestly, I think some of those receivers did, you know, kind of credit that to you just not having the same type of spin or whatever. But um, I love that we're using the Jacoby brisket nickname that you penned a long time ago. I love that you brought up. Uh, oh, no, no, that was around. You took, the, it, you took it from around the NFL, Kansas. but that, that's okay. You brought it up on here and now, you know, other people are using it. So we're going to continue with the Jacoby brisket. I love that he brought up Reed Sinit because I, pulled a I did one of those card openings and pulled a card out earlier this year and it was uh believe it or not a rookie card reads in it autograph so I tweeted that out I was super stoked it was worth like 11 bucks but I mean I do think you know the Dolphins saw enough in him that they're protecting him as that quarterback so maybe if Jacoby Brissett goes out there and stinks things up we will see you know the preseason 2021 preseason leading passer and read send it out there. And, and who knows, maybe that's the missing key, but um, I, I to, in order, I guess we didn't even answer the, the question. I, yeah. I'm, I'm over here laughing. I, I guess we didn't answer the question, but I think, you know, we kind of touched on a little bit. Uh, they need to continue to, to use that run game to their advantage and open things up with the passing game. Jake, you have some nice stats here. Jacoby Brissett was 14 of 18 this preseason for 166 yards. He had a long of 29. And then when we look at what he did this past weekend, he completed 24 of 40 for 169 yards and an interception, and he was sacked four times. So womp womp. Gosh, that's gross. That is so gross. And of course, it's preseason. uh, But I mean, we had a whole podcast talking about how we thought the quarterbacks looked a little more comfortable in this offense. They had a good grasp of this offense. And I'm not going to give up on that. Egg on our face. I'm keeping the egg. I'm going to keep it and wear it with pride because, again, Josh, we're, we're through two weeks. And could you imagine if I was to take you in a time machine and we were to go back 10 years and we're sitting here in 2011, I'm a junior in high school, and I, I, was, I would tell you that the Dolphins beat the Patriots in Foxborough and started the season one and one and the world would be falling. And, and what, would, what would your mindset be to that? Because while things suck, I mean, perspective. I would be stoked with that. I mean, given those years that we had, I mean, if you told me that we were going to open up the season and at Gillette stadium and get that W and then, you know, fall to Buffalo at home. I mean, we'd all take that. So you're right. We all need to temper our, I guess, panic. And it's really is the chicken little, the sky is falling where he's running around the town and he's losing his pants. It's stuck in gum and all that crazy stuff that goes on in the intro that you're too young or you too old or one of those things. You probably don't know any, anything about that chicken little life, but Jake, and before we move on from Jacoby Brissett, I just want to throw this out there. At ESPN Stats Info, you wrote this down. Great stat here. Jacoby Brissett is 11 and 19 and 30 starts over the last five seasons. He's among the worst in QBR and yards per attempt in that time and is the only quarterback with at least 25 starts, completing under 60% of his passes. So, you know, we said, save us, Obi-Wan, Jacoby, our only hope. But reading that off, I mean, I feel pretty hopeless right now, Jake. Tell, tell me why we shouldn't. <laughs> Jacoby Molasses Brissett is all I could think of when I'm reading that. Um, it is certainly a little concerning, uh, but Josh, this is the same guy that torched the Dolphins and, and made the Dolphins look helpless uh, after ah. Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> went down. So keep that in mind, too. I love the molasses thing because, I mean, when he's running around there at times, I mean, it does look like the play is just developing at the speed of, you know, trying to get, well, I don't know who uses molasses, honestly, but you know how slow that pours out. It's like syrup trying to coat a waffle, but I mean, that's like watching Jacoby sit run around, man. So um, let's get into this next one from Mastodactyl. I like that. Greg at Mastodactyl. He said, what realistically will it take for the fan base to relax? Jake, do you have an answer for that? Because I, I mean, honestly, I don't know what, what can make this fan base relax. I, I got you and shout out Greg. Greg's one of my favorite followers on Twitter. Josh, how about a win? If you go in and beat 2-0 Oakland, Las Vegas, Oakland, if you go in and beat the 2-0 Oakland Las Vegas Raiders, I think everyone's going to be perfectly fine with this team and, and things will look better. And Josh, this kind of puts everything together a little bit, but 
in order to reach that victory, I think we got to look at the drops. We have to look at the penalties, look at the things that are easily fixed, right? Uh, this wasn't a team that just straight up got beat by Buffalo. Obviously, some plays looked really bad. Uh, some players looked like high schoolers competing against professionals. But generally speaking, Josh, I think it was a really, really massive mental lapse for the Dolphins on Sunday more than everything else, especially you mix in losing a quarterback in your home opener. I think if the Dolphins can play that clean, uh, mistake-free, that Brian Flores-type game where we spent weeks last year talking about how this was one of the least penalized teams, once we see that, we'll see these drives be sustained and Jason Sanders can kick seven field goals and we can win this football game. Damn, I know a lot of people are dropping Jason Sanders from a fantasy team. So, guys, wait a second. Jake just said he's going to hit seven field goals. So, cannot wait to see that in Vegas, especially, if it, especially if it equates to a, a, a victory. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys... It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hip. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Yeah, Jake, and I'm going to say it reminds me of, um, I guess I shouldn't compare the Dolphins to that 2000 Ravens team. You know, I think they had that awesome defense and Trent Dilfer, you know, won, won the Super Bowl for them. I mean, that's all we need is this elite defense to do their things, get those takeaways. And all you need is an adequate quarterback, you know, to go out there and play mistake free football. But behind that offensive line, behind that Raiders, you know, they're going to be coming at them hard. So I'm looking at the injury report, though, Jake, and there is a laundry list of people in this injury report for the Dolphins. Obviously, two did not participate. He's out. Jesse Davis was limited. Jakeem Grant was limited. Emmanuel Agba, Devontae Parker, and Preston Williams were all full participants. But it's the Las Vegas Raiders. Richie Incognito did not participate. Josh Jacobs did not participate. Sounds like we're going to get a Kenyon Drake revenge game. Two of their safeties are out, and they just go down the list. You know, defensive end, defensive end, Nassib, Nagoku, Derek Carr was a full participant. They are banged up. So, you know, for as good as they've looked, for as awesome as that pass rush has been, they're equally as banged up. And, again, it all it takes is the Dolphins going up there, putting their best foot forward in that offensive line, you know, truly – playing a full game. But Jake, before we get into the offensive line, I got to ask you this because we've heard so much about the Dolphins offense and, you know, you can kind of see it at times. It's this RPO. It's kind of made for Tua Tungvaluwa. And, you know, you see the, you see the way they slip some of those slant routes behind a guy that drops down to coverage Jalen Waddle. I mean, the offense just didn't look like it belonged to Jacoby Brissett. So do you think at all throughout this week, you know, they go back and they reshuffle some things and maybe Eric Studsville and George Godsey come together and they make this offense a little bit different for Jacoby Brissett, who has obviously a different set of skills. Josh, I, I went back to molasses. I don't know why, but you, I think they're going to maybe let plays develop a little more. I don't know if it's going to be like we have one read. If you don't have the read, we're kind of doomed plays that it seemed like the Dolphins had a lot of. Um, I don't think too much is going to change, though, just because when you look at what Brissett did in the preseason, again, 
I'm not trying to say Brissett's going to come out here and do 14 of 18 for 166 yards, but he looked fine. He looked comfortable operating that offense and it didn't look too, too different. And I I'm going to kind of stick with that where again, uh, maybe it's going to look really weird going from a lefty to a righty, but I think that's probably going to be the biggest difference we're going to see come the Sunday. Yeah. And I guess maybe some of it just goes back to, you know, them continuing to say too, it was that one read quarterback and it kind of being a negative to him. But I mean, I guess, what I do agree with is the fact that, you know, we saw Jacoby Brissett, and yes, it was late in the game. The game was kind of out of reach, but you saw him running some of those RPO concepts. And let's be honest, no one in that building was scared of him running off of that ball. You know, no one really fell for that and buckled down and opening up the rest of that game. So um, they definitely have to figure something out, Jake. And, you know, maybe I joke, they'll take the play calls from gods and give them to Studsville. But a lot of that, man, is going to come down to the offensive line. And I want to know your thoughts because uh, we have written down here with Liam Eikenberg playing left guard. Our boy Solomon Kinley is now on the bench. So um, it looks like there's some reshuffling there. But what are your thoughts on the Dolphins offensive line and how it should look against the Raiders if you were the Miami Dolphins offensive line coach? Yeah, that was the Miami Herald who reported that on Tuesday. And for me, Josh, I think it goes back to the question of what do you do with Austin Jackson? Can he play anything other than left tackle? I would try to maybe kick him into left guard and see if that could work. And that would open up the left tackle position to get Eichenberg back in there after he started two years at Notre Dame and was a pretty damn good left tackle. And then you go back and you got to kind of stick with uh, Michael Dieter at center. And then you, I, this is, might be me making excuses, but Salman Kinley at right guard and Robert Hunt at right tackle. I mean, those two seem to work pretty well together last season. That chemistry is already there. And I think Hunt, based on his two game performance here, I kind of liked him more at tackle. I think than I did at guard. It just seemed like the Dolphins offensive line in general was bigger last season. Granted, it's mostly the same guys, but you look at the Eric Flowers, of the world who they lost and, and maybe that could actually be the difference. And I don't want to make excuses, but let's, again, reiterate, you know, the New England Patriots have a very good defense. The Buffalo Bills have a very good defense. So um, they're not always going to go up against those world beaters. But, Jake, um, I love the Austin Jackson thing. I think that Miami Herald quote, I think it was Barry Jackson, so shout out to him. But I think he said, you know, the Dolphins are experimenting with different things. If Austin Jackson could play, uh, you know, any guard spot, that would be freaking awesome. But I have written down here, and I'll give a shout out to Pat. Pat Powell, because he's the one that reminded me of Robert Jones. I mean, I don't remember about you, Jake, but he had an awesome pancake in preseason. He was a reason. I think the Dolphins game, you know, one of the biggest free agent signings, I believe, for an undrafted player. So they like what he has there. I mean, we could even look at, I, I'm going to butcher his name, or the Brazilian NATO and have him come in there and maybe play some guard. But right now I have left tackle Eichenberg, so I agree with you there. I had Robert Jones at left guard, Michael Dieter at center, and then Jesse Davis. I'm going to forgive him, and I'm going to go with that whole Miami Dolphins MO of playing the five best guys. I'll have him play right guard. Sorry, Solomon Kinley. Sorry to the fan we gave the jersey to. And then Robert Hunt as the right tackle. I mean, I think that, you know, I, I think that would be putting the best five players out there. But now the more I think about it, you have an Austin Jackson there at left guard. That probably is putting the best five out there. And, and I'd honestly love to see what Ice Cream Boy can do there at left guard. That'd be awesome. Yeah, but it is still an unknown, and that's not really something uh, we can say is going to happen for sure. Josh, I think trust is the big thing early in the season for the Dolphins. I think they're going to experiment with the offensive line quite a bit. I think they'll experience with a bunch of uh, different positions. I think Noah Igbenogany isn't going to be inactive for 17 weeks, so don't freak out about that one. Uh, but I think early in the season, it's about trust. Who isn't going to make those big mistakes where we can eke out a win in New England, things like that. So I think that will be important. Josh, Danny Kane on Twitter. Let's see what happens. Everyone said first five weeks, we need two to three wins. Let's see what happens the next three games. Josh, I think he kind of summed it up right where it's just about 
walking down the road. We need to sightsee. We need to see everything that happens this season before we start panicking to the level we are. And, and I think that's the key. I will say till I'm red in the face, like I am right now, uh, that Sunday's performance was concerning and worrisome. And we saw the dark, dark, dark horrors that might end up as the Miami Dolphins. But until it is a consistent uh, vision I have, I'm not going to really put in stock that the Buffalo game is what the Dolphins we're going to see for the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what he said was just perfect. I mean, when we all sat here and did our predictions, when everyone did their season predictions, I mean, you looked at this as two, three wins, and that was a win. So um, it's not time to write the season off. I mean, again, Jacoby Brissett has won some games, has wor- worked at New England offense, you know, has done successful things in that. So um, let's give him a chance. I mean, I was the first one to say, oh, I used to want – Jacoby Brissett back with before Ryan Fitzpatrick, but now I saw enough where he's not good. I mean, that's not fair to him. Let him get them first team reps. Let's see the way this offense can utilize his skill set. And let's again have that offensive line. Hopefully they go with Jake's. But if they if they do some shuffling there, you know, get the five best players out there, truly. I mean, don't pick favorites because one of them is a failed first round, you know, 18th overall pick, and you're just trying to get him out there. Have the five best guys out there run the football and let's see what Jacoby Brissett can do. And I think that's the biggest thing. I know a lot of us, and I was always marked to a stand. At the end of the day, we're Miami Dolphin fans. I don't care if it's Jacoby Brissett out there. I don't care if it's Reed Sinnett. I don't care if it's Gardner Minshew. for Tyler Thigpen. Oh, Tyler. Damn it. Yes, I love Tyler Thigpen. I don't care if it's Gardner Minshew for some reason off the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't care who it is. If the Dolphins win football games, you know, bring that success back to what we remember. Well, it's, it's been so long. I don't even know that I remember the success we once had, but let's just temper our expectations and still be excited because it's we're one on one. It's week three and we're one on one. Josh, let's wrap it up here. I'm going to give you three quick things. We'll run through them really quick, share a quick thought, and we'll get out of here. We'll go on. We'll get through with hump day and get prepared for this weekend. Josh, first and foremost, Will Fuller is finally back practicing for the Miami Dolphins. I hope everything is cool with him. I hope everything worked out with him and he's back. Josh, He's the fourth highest played player on the team. How excited are you to see him back? What does he bring to this offense? I feel like the last time we said this, you know, days, well, a day passed. Exactly. You know, yeah. So, I mean, I, I should just, I should just add what we said in the previous podcast, but Jake, I'm stoked because again, what he did in Houston when DeAndre Hopkins was gone was truly impressive. So I think he could be that missing piece. This offense hopefully goes out there and plays, but you know, again, we'll temper expectations and wait for it to happen. The biggest quote, Jake, you know, one of the big ones from the day, and it kind of goes back to Ryan Tannehill saying he didn't know the divisions, but one of my favorite players, and I did have to post, you know, a meme chuckling in the back. I'm in danger because I was so in love with Jalen Phillips, but he came out today and a lot of fans are bashing him, but he said he did not understand cover three last year. So um, he was very honest in this transition from college and how he's learned. He can't just bully guys or slap past them. That came from Joe Shad. But um, again, for a guy who truly loved a, a prospect that I thought the sky was the limit to hear, he didn't quite know cover three last year. That was a little bit concerning. What were your thoughts? Man, I hope people really don't just call me a homer because I always, Homer, always try you're to home, you're a Homer Simpson. Josh, this was a guy who two years ago thought he was never going to play football again because of his concussion issues. So you have to think that at the age of 18, 19, he stopped learning schemes. And I can tell you right now, as someone who covers high school sports, I can go in and ask them all what a cover three is. And not many of them are going to really know what's going on during those plays. So I'm not really putting too much stock in this, just like the divisions. How does that help you, you know, learn football? Like it just, I get the concern. I get that if you're a professional in the sport, you should know how defenses in general work inside and out. But this isn't like 
they go and play at college, but they don't go and like learn the history of football in, in college. They don't know where the cover three was created or when it was used in the 1960s. Right. So I'm going to give them a little break here. Uh, this was someone who did not play a lot of football in the last three years. So learning those schemes, I, that's why you're a rookie. You learn these things, your rookie year. Yeah. And let's be honest, he played defense. So I don't know how much, you know, he really needed to know how to drop back there and Go get the ball you know, yeah. deep, deep three, you know? So um, I guess it wasn't that big of a deal. I guess I just laugh and, you know, kind of take a joke it's because, funny, oh, for sure. jo- you know, Josh Houts loved uh, Jalen Phillips. That was his edge one. So obviously, you know, he doesn't understand cover three. Obviously things aren't going <laughs> to work out. Jake, uh, the last thing we're going to talk about, it's just crazy to me that's even coming up, but I guess, you know, with Jesse Davis allowing that sack, you know, just how awful the Dolphins offensive line looked. A lot of people are wondering now, Jalen Waddle or, Penny Sewell. I still probably can't say his name right, so it might be better that we didn't draft him. But um, after two games, I think it's ridiculous to sit here and go one way or the other. But do you think a guy like Sewell could have helped a lot more than Jalen Waddle, given how bad the offensive line has looked early on? So I think Miami's biggest issue for me is they're not greedy, right? You look at how this offense operates. Jacoby Brissett threw the ball 40 times and had 169 yards. This isn't a team who's going to take advantage of a lot of big opportunities or risk it for the biscuit, if you will. One of the things I kind of wanted this team to do uh, before the draft, say they take Sewell at six. What's stopping you from using that 18th overall pick to trade back up like Dallas did or a couple other teams traded up? I stopped caring about the draft for a while now. But how much would it have cost to trade back up and get your pick of Smith or Waddle or whatever one is still left? Because I think that would have been how the Dolphins really swing for the fences because what we've seen, no matter how much salary cap the Dolphins have, how no matter how many draft picks this team has, we don't see that home run swing. I mean, we're going to strike out. You scared money ain't making money. That's where the Dolphins are right now. So that's where I think, you know, Waddle, he is a perfect fit for this offense. Yes, but we need a tackle. I see both sides, but again, it's too early. Austin Jackson could become that guy. Liam Eikenberg become that guy two games. I can't really say too, too much. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I think, you know, that both players could be that, you know, I don't want to say generational, but I'll say elite talent because I think what we saw at a Waddle, you know, early on, he has been a difference maker. Again, you want to get the, some of those drops down, but he had 10 catches for hundred and plus yards and a touchdown. I, I guess the biggest thing to me, Jake, is if we're doing hypotheticals, I probably rather never trade that pick to, um, you know, was it Philadelphia or whatever it was to trade back up. Mm-hmm. I'd probably never do that and just stay put. Get that elite offensive lineman. Get that wider. All right. This probably ain't going to happen. So, yeah. So, thank you for joining us on the Finsider. You know how Josh operates with that baby bottle in hand whenever he's doing highlights. For our first mailbag, I think we did a pretty strong job. Again, I apologize for any names we misspelled, aka all of them. Thank you guys so much for joining in. We will be back on Friday for our complete preview of the Oakland Las Vegas Raiders game as Miami will travel there for, hey, their second four o'clock kickoff in three weeks. So, again, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you on Friday. And most importantly, fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins.
football team. We drink the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins.